Welcome to Baseball Barbecue, the only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network that was glued to ESPN at 8 p.m. on Tuesday evening to watch the Gold Glove Awards. Nothing else going on. Nope. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. Now, Jordan, to be clear, uh, neither of us actually watched that. Usually not the type to in, uh, interrupt the intro here, but earlier this morning on the Ringer MLB show, our friend, your friend, Michael Bauman, mentioned that he was really enjoying watching the uh, the Gold Glove ceremony. So, Jake, wow, we made a lot out of you, dude. For <laughs> once, intro. Jake's, Jake's intro has been derailed. Not esoteric and has, enough. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Right. The only podcast on the Ringer Podcast Network who thought about but then ended up not watching the Gold Glove Awards at APN on election night. I'm Jake Mintz. That's Jordan Schusterman. We didn't actually watch because I was at the polls, Jordan. I was poll working, helping to uphold democracy to the best of my ability. And you forgot. Uh, but we've got a nice pod here in front of us. I'm actually incredibly excited for what we're about to do. I am. I am too. Uh, we, you know, when we last talked to you uh, earlier this week, we mentioned that this episode would be looking forward uh, into the the hot stove season. But we decided uh, to revise our plan because um, we got the awards coming up next week, and usually not that much stuff actually happens until after the awards week. So instead of looking forward to this cold, boring, uh, depressing winter, we're going to look back at the ridiculous season that was 2020 and deliver you a time capsule of sorts. We have come up with 25 items that represent the 2020 baseball season, stretching all the way back to real spring training in March. Uh, and we have a special guest, Lucas Giolito, is going to join us for one of those items as well, which you could probably guess. Uh, but before we get to the time capsule, Jake, we do have a little bit of news that we do want to talk about, which we should do right now. There's no better feeling than a personal win. And the State Farm Personal Price Plan can help you do just that. Talk to a State Farm agent today to learn how you can bundle and save with the personal price plan. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Prices are based on rating plans that vary by state. Coverage options are selected by the customer. Availability, amount of discounts and savings, and eligibility vary by state. Yeah, I mean, Jordan, the the news the news is really just holy fuck. The Gold Gloves were scheduled at the same time as the presidential election, and like, it is both super funny and really, really embarrassing for the league because, like, this election has been on the calendar since the beginning of time, since the beginning of the American Republic. Right. Yeah. Election day always happens on the first Tuesday in November. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and how did no one CC anybody a calendar? So many things were moved around to make this baseball season happen, uh, you know, responsibly and irresponsibly. And somehow uh, one of these things, this events, and I know gold gloves, of course, now this is more important. But like if you want to show off things about your sport. Make the adjustment. Please make the adjustment because it was very hard to care or pay attention to these announcements. But because this is a baseball podcast and because some of these winners we do at least sort of care about, we're going to give them a couple minutes here. We're not going to go through all of them. But were there any winners of these uh, awards that that caught your eye and you were like, cool, they won a gold glove? 
There's two different versions of notable gold glove winners. There's the incredible defenders being like, that's awesome. They're dominant in the field. And then there are people who win and you're like, what? And like the what is always a corner outfielder. There's every year there's one corner outfielder, usually a left fielder where it's like, oh, okay. And this year that was Tyler O'Neill. Congrats to Tyler O'Neill, apparently on his first gold glove, apparently for the Cardinals. Okay. Uh, but the <laughs> sure. other one that stood out to me was Javi Baez, who mm. forgot how to hit in 2020, uh, won his first gold glove award, a weird award, which feels weird because he's Javi Baez and it feels like he should have like 12 of them already. But this is his first one and I'm happy he's got one. Javi mm. Baez tied with Griffin Canning on all time gold glove awards. Oh, yeah. And of course, I mean, the, the first time winners are always cool because it's like, all right, awesome. They get these this dope like award that is very cool and people know about and probably won't get it again, especially if you're a pitcher and you know, you're not Jim Cott. Um, but, but I agree. I think this was just such a bizarre mix. Obviously as a Mariners fan, very excited about Evan White and JP Crawford, who I were as excited were even finalists. And the fact that they actually won was very cool. Um, but it, I mean, a lot of the guys that won, like I can picture one awesome play that they made this year. You know, Luis Robert had some amazing catches, even Trent Grisham, Joey Gallo, underrated defender. And then of course, seeing guys like Mookie and Arenado win there a millionth in a row is always great. So, um, it is the exact example White, of thing. But, yeah, it is. The gold gloves are the exact example of thing that like, when I look back on a player's career, I do notice them and like they do stand out to me. But in the moment, I couldn't give a flying shit who wins in any given year. You know totally what I mean? Agree. And totally they agree. become cool when you win like a hundred in a row. <laughs> yes. And of all the awards that are extra silly in a small sample uh, 60 game season, gold gloves probably near the top of the list. But congratulations to the winners. Very stupid. They happen election night. Those are our gold glove takes. One other bit of news that we wanted to talk about uh, before we get to the time capsule, Jake, uh, is, a story that is a story that uh, came uh, on, on LB.com uh, on, on Wednesday uh, that we saw. And I think we just wanted to talk about this because normally this is a story that we see, you know, in February when, when guys are reporting. Um, but the headline to this story on LB.com uh, by Manny Rendawa is, I did it wrong. Vladdy already down 32 pounds. Now, Jake, the Blue Jays have only been eliminated for about a month. 32 days, Ju- a pound a day, Jordan. A pound a day <laughs> keeps Jr. the doctor away. Has, seriously has decided that uh, he's not going to be uh, the chonky boy that he has been for the first two years of his major league career. And the real reason we wanted to bring this up is because he had this fantastic quote um, that I think uh, tells a lot about where Vlad Jr. is in his career. And I, I, I think this is great. So I just wanted to read this quote. Um, I know you like this. He said, I learned, I learned after these months of the coronavirus that if you don't work hard, you can't be in the major leagues. Why do Tatis and Soto put up good numbers? Because they work hard. I got the hits I got because of the ability that God gave me, but I knew it from the beginning. I know I did it wrong. So now, the, to me, the weight and the hits are slightly different conversations. In my, and, or, or the, the weight and the quotes are slightly different. They're slightly related because as a professional athlete, it would generally behoove someone to be in as best possible physical shape as they could, right? But whatever. What's interesting to me is the recognition on his part that like he used God-given talent to basically fall backwards into the major leagues. And like very rarely do we ever, ever hear athletes be like, yeah, I didn't try. Yeah, right. I, oh, I, yeah, I didn't really care. I didn't really try, but like I'm fucking Vlad Jr. So here I am. And, and that's... For him to basically, he basically like FOMO 
like the FOMO of not being as good as Tatis and Soto, like right. convinced him that it like made his mind wake up. And that's so, that's awesome. Like, and again, because it, it, and it's not about the way, it's more about the, the, whatever he's saying, working hard. Like clearly he's admitting I have not worked hard enough, regardless of what he looks like. He's saying like, I got here because I am one of the most naturally gifted hitters that's probably ever walked the earth. And by the way, it's not like he's been bad. He has a 778 career OPS and he's been 20 and 21 years old in the majors. Like he's been an above average hitter without really trying all that hard. And for him to look at his fellow, you know, Dominican legendary future Hall of Famers, which everyone is expecting him to be, and him not having those kind of already all-star uh, seasons is is really cool and, and legitimately makes me excited regardless of what he looks like. It just makes yeah. me excited uh, to know cool. that he's like really going to go for this. It's also just super rare to see this level of honesty from a player. Exactly. I think. Exactly. For him to just be like, look, these dudes are better than me right now. Mm-hmm. And the reason is because I didn't try hard enough. Mm-hmm. Like, that probably applies to way more people than we realize, right? And like Vlad having both, I don't really care whether or not he says this in public, right? It's interesting to us and I appreciate the honesty, but I don't necessarily need to know this, right? Right. But like he's 22. Like people don't have their lives figured out until, you know, some people don't ever really (laughs) figure it out, right? Right, And like for him to be piecing this thing together at 22 a lot of other players would still be in the minors or some would, you know, be a year out of college. Mm-hmm. And he's just having this kind of development as a human being. And as like, from an effort level as an athlete, super in public. And I don't know, I, it, it just really stood out to me. Yeah, no, I agree. And again, though, it's not like he failed and like had to figure it out to save his career. Like he's been good. Like, and, and that speaks to how amazingly talented he really right. is. Um, and again, just makes me excited uh, to see what the next chapter of Legend Yeah, holy is. shit, watch out. <laughs> like, oh my God, I, I cannot wait uh, for, for Vlad Jr. Age 22, I mean, Jesus, it's, it's, we are so fortunate to have all these amazing young players in the major leagues. All right, Jake, uh, we got some news out of the way and now it is time to look back on this insane 2020 season and present to you our 2020 baseball season time capsule. Now, a few general ground rules for how this is going to work. We're going to go pretty quickly because we have 25 items for you and we don't want to keep you here all day. Uh, We are going to go chronologically, going all the way back to pre-pandemic for our first item, all the way down to the last out of the World Series and I guess 20 minutes after the last out of the World Series as well. I just have a quick thought. When does the season technically begin? Does it begin? Are we going the 2020 year or are we going like the off season prior? You mean in general or, or for the purpose of this exercise? For the purposes of this conversation. For the purpose of this conversation, I, I think it begins when the players reported to spring training in okay. February. So then um, the sign that Garrett Cole brought to the Yankee game when he was a kid and then brought to the press conference, that happened in December of 2019 and is this ineligible for the purposes of this conversation. Great call. Thank you. That is a that is an item, a, a great example, and should give you a kind of sense of the kind of items we're talking about. Again, these are items that tell the story of the 2020 baseball season. Uh, some of these are involved with like real actual serious stories. Some of these are just silly shit that we came up with. Um, and we hope you enjoy. So Jake Mintz, let well, us go I ahead. I should also say, we did our yeah. best to make sure that we didn't double up on objects mm, as mm-hmm. best as we could. Mm-hmm. It's is not we just, just like, like eight. oh the shirt he was wearing at that time. We have some of that, right. but not all of them. Right. We did not just pick eighteen baseballs from the eighteen most important games. No. Uh, okay, Jake. Let us go ahead and begin this exercise back in March before before this pandemic uh, 
took over this nation. And by the way, sorry to get real Still here for a second. Set another record for record cases uh, today, over 100,000. We need to get our shit together. Okay, obvious. But let's go back to March 2nd, Jake Mintz, when a viral video of the best player viral? on planet Earth. Yeah, sorry. Viral before viral. We could call viral videos before we were worried about actual viral diseases. Mike Trout hit a golf ball, Jake Mintz. And that golf ball is the first item in our time capsule. Get the fuck out of that golf ball. There is really like, if you haven't seen this video, search Mike Trout golf. They'll come right up. It is just so emblematic that Mike Trout could do any sport and be super good at it. There's just a level of like, he just looks so competent and so smooth swinging that golf club. And this was at like a charity event at a Top Golf, and it it's not like he had been swinging all night. It literally looks like he stepped up and was like, ha ha, watch this. I'm going to hit it over the net and did it and laughed and then walked away. And it was like, you are a different species. I love you, Mike Trout. So and that golf ball is our first item. Last golf take, which is that like, look, I'm not a golf guy. I don't really like golf. Okay. I don't watch mm -hmm. golf. Okay. And, but I can assume that a lot of golf, when people say, wow, in watching golf, the wow is a result of where the ball ends up, usually close to or in the hole, right? And to have that type of swing that was so like viscerally fucking nuts that you don't even need to know where the ball goes to say wow when you see Mike Trout swing. It's like, whoa, what a golf swing is not a thing that I have ever thought in my life. Yes. So uh, Mike Trout's golf ball, uh, wherever you are in the Arizona desert beyond the net of the Phoenix Top Golf, uh, welcome to our time cap. So let's move on. Uh, a couple months ahead, season gets shut down, of course. And in its place, in the season's place, because we're not having a real opening day, Jake Mintz, MLB organizes the Players League, where one player from every MLB team uh, played in a MLB The Show tournament. And that tournament was won by Mr. Blake Snell, the favorite going into finish, the tournament. He finished the whole tournament. He finished the whole thing. He, he never took him out. Uh, he lost very few games. We knew he was going to dominate. And so we are taking Blake Snell's PS4 and putting it in our time capsule. I, I think that's, to me, one of the more enduring uh, images of that period of, of quarantine was all of those uh, MLB The Show games, which honestly, looking back, super cool. Just got to see players, you know, on camera shooting the shit in the middle of the insane thing we were going through. Um, and Snell was a standout, mostly because he was just so much better than everyone at the game. Yes, yes. And and, and there cared. were moments where, there were moments where like, oh my God, is Blake Snell going to lose? But like, he delivered. <laughs> much yeah. like where the Dodgers ended up winning the World Series, Blake Snell ended up winning the Players League. <laughs> the best player definitely won. And we are taking his PS4 and putting it into the time capsule. All right. Bobby, let's do bonus. Bonus for Blake Snell's PS4 is that it was also involved in the uh, the infamous slash famous, depending on how you feel about the baseball labor debate, video of him saying that he needs his money, bro. <laughs> oh, oh, I true. thought you were gonna. That's funny. That's that's true. I thought you were gonna and bring up uh, prospect. I thought you were gonna bring up slapdick prospect. Um, <laughs> so maybe we should put uh, Blake Snell's Twitch stream. Uh, Blake at Snell's PS4 is legendary. It's legendary. Yeah, so, I don't know so how we I acquired agree. it, but we did. We we did. It, I it forgot about gotta get my money, bro. Yeah, that's, that was actually that's actually also fits for the whole you know labor you conversation. It, it fits the theme. It fits. Thank the theme. you, Bobby. Uh, okay, thank you, Bobby, for that contribution. Obviously, Bobby will be piping in throughout this whole conversation. All right, let's move on to our third item, Jake Mintz. Let's fast forward to May twenty fourth, a very special date 
in the lives of Nationals fans because that was the date in 2019 that they were 19 and 31. And I don't know if you saw this, but they actually won the they World won? Series. Did you see that? Okay, so that's great. We, we love the Nats team, whatever. Okay, but what happened on May 24th, 2020 is that we saw the Nationals World Series ring. Now, normally this is not that exciting. Oh my God, the big the sports team got a ring and it has a lot of diamonds and it looks really expensive and it's cool. Like, okay, like I'm usually cool. not that interested in that. Okay, but we were so fortunate because the Nationals decided to go all out and give us- They didn't have the most shit else to do. <laughs> they didn't have shit else to do because it was May and we didn't even know if baseball was coming back. And so they went all out with a four minute video describing every little millimeter of their ring and what we are putting in uh, to this uh, to, to to this time capsule is the 108 diamonds uh, on the Washington National okay. World Series ring. And if you're wondering, well, whoa, how do you get to 108 diamonds? Well, yeah. 105 regular season and postseason wins. Total. Okay. Okay, total. Regular season plus postseason wins. Definitely a number that Got everyone Adam talks up. about. Plus one World Series championship. Just which one. is not that's that's separate, even though they won those games to so win it's the game World Series. Game seven and then like a bonus diamond. Bonus for the World Series Championship. So now we're at 106. And then a plus two, a nod to the duality of franchise history. And that brings us to 108 diamonds. Um, and that nods to the duality of franchise history, which we are still trying to decipher to this day, many months the duality. later, um, is uh, is one of my favorite things ever. And we are putting it in the time capsule. I would argue we should put two rings in. We should. We should for, for the nod to the duality of franchise the history. Quadality? We're gonna put we're gonna put uh, Wilmer Defoe's ring um, and uh, Juan Soto's ring uh, will be uh, in this in our time right. capsule. Uh, uh, so there you go. That, that our, was such that a good moment because that was like in the period of our lives when we were just sifting for joy, like we were just like looking for anything to like perk us up. And then the anything. Nats were like, "I got anything. you guys. I got. This. I got you." But they it was were like serious. Three so. weeks worth of, of Twitter jokes. All right, it, it really uh, was. All right, let's. Speaking let's of three weeks worth of Twitter jokes, Jordan, wet rag day. Uh, as MLB inched closer to uh, starting the season, uh, the COVID protocols were bantied back and forth. It was like, oh, they're gonna gonna wear masks. They're not gonna throw the baseball around. How are they gonna minimize contact? And one of the proposals that was leaked out was the wet rag, which is that every pitcher, instead of having a communal rosin bag, would ha be able to have their own wet rag on the mound. And there's just something about the way the word wet rag sounds that's fucking funny. And so. That's it. We're putting a wet rag in in the time caps. Yes, the wet rag. Uh, sorry if it ruins the World Series rings, but the wet rag. Uh, yeah, yeah, I have to put it in because I, I, I got to, I got to be honest. I, I remember seeing that and I was like, oh, that's that's weird. Did not expect that to take off in, in the way that it did. But people, again, even in June, we were we were desperate for any sort of memeing. Um, and this, and was, I don't even uh, think we saw a wet rag. That's the other part. I, we I don't know where we would get the said red rag because I don't think this ended up being a real thing. We just love to talk about it. It, it seemed like everyone did end up with their own rosin bag. Yeah, uh, uh, relatively. Jordan, I'm going to go ahead here and add one that we don't have on the list, but we did briefly mention, which is uh, our next item is going to be the plane ticket receipts for Tony Clark and Rob Manfred's flights to Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, in the height of the pandemic to sit across from one another at a table and discuss whether or not there was going to be a season. This was one of the moments in, you know, we had so many nothing burgers in the, you know, will there, will there not be a season 
shit show. Mm-hmm. And one of the few moments where I was like, what the fuck? Was when the two dudes fucking flew to Phoenix for some reason instead of figuring out a Zoom call to hammer yeah. this thing out, I guess. Months into everyone having already figured out how to live their lives on Zoom, they were like, no, got to sit across the table. Uh, I agree. That was <laughs> that was Maybe a, they drove. Um, Maybe they drove. Very very strange. Maybe they did. I, I doubt it, but but very, very possible. All right, let's move on. Now, uh, baseball is sort of back. Summer camp uh, brought to you by Camping World or whatever the fuck dumb shit they called it uh, has started. The baseball teams have reported. And an unlikely star of summer camp, Jake Mintz. There was a lot of weird parts of summer camp. Of course, the teams were playing a lot of inner squads, which is very relevant to the item we're about to put in. But I, I just remember, you know, some teams were streaming their inner squad games, which was very cool. And then other teams, you just didn't get any information about them until opening day. It was a huge uh, variance in information we were getting from each summer camp. But the star of summer camp, MVP by far, our man Chico. And we are going to take his glove that he used in left field at Dodger Stadium, the team that would go on to win the World Series. He played multiple innings of multiple Dodgers inter-squad games and made multiple legitimately nice plays. Uh, Chico, the clubby uh, Dodgers, Dodgers like lifer, who's been there longer than I think every Dodgers player except for Clayton Kershaw. Uh, Chico's a legend and his glove will now be in this time capsule. Two Chico things. One, Chico living the dream of every mediocre person athlete around any baseball or softball team ever, which is like, yeah, I, I could do it. I could you put me out there. I'll go play outfield. I could totally, I'll run him down. Right. And then actually doing it. And the other thing is that the whole time he was making these incredible plays, it was also so obvious that he wasn't a professional athlete. Just like right. there was something about the way he moves and the fact that he's like kind of, you know, he looks like a regular dude that like, right. When he would make a play, you're like, whoa, what? <laughs> It's like the short kid on the Little League team batting ninth, the scrawny guy. It was, it was amazing. Great. Uh, and so hats off to Chico. And I hope he got a World Series ring or whatever the next uh, best thing mm. is. Um, <laughs> my, brother, my brother, who's in the house and heard, hears me recording, just texted me, Chico wouldn't have needed Muncie as the cutoff man. <laughs> that, implies, that also implies Chico would be in center field. Uh, okay, let us move on to our sixth item. This is another Rob Manford one. Let's go to opening day, Jake Mintz. And this one is a bit of controversial. Uh, our producer, Bobby, doesn't want to take this one, but tell us about it. Now, Jordan, they say that you can't put lightning back in the bottle, but we're going to put lightning in the capsule and we're going to take the lightning from Nats Park on opening day. The game gets, there's some rain and they cut to Rob Manfred in the middle of the game for an interview. And A-Rod is just tossing up softballs. And good old Robbie Manfred is sitting there all Palpatine-like. And there's just a fucking Zeusian lightning strike just hammering the the earth behind him in the background. And we're going to go ahead and put that lightning in the capsule. How are you catching this? What does this mean? Like, this isn't a thing. Good question. How are we acquiring any of these items, Bobby? That remains to be uh, remains to be seen. I don't care if we're printing out this photo on the best color printer you find and putting it in the capsule. That's enough for me because this is one of the funniest images I've ever seen. It's so and good. It, it's so good. And it and it was a great uh, precursor to what this insane, ridiculous nightmare season would be. I will stand outside in D.C. with a lightning rod and a bottle and uh, one of those Ben Franklin lightning catcher kites, 
and we'll figure this shit out, all right? Be careful what you say on record on this podcast, Jake. That's already come back to bite you, you know, in the last month. I don't know if anybody knows. Honorable mention here, guys. Honorable mention here, guys. A transcript of the A-Rod question to Manfred, where he was like, Mr. Manfred, how have you done such a fantastic job in bringing baseball back this year? Oh, like the piece of paper he was reading from? Yeah. Hours after the Juan Soto positive test. Yeah, it was good. It was really good stuff. Uh, Opening day was really weird. Garrett Cole pitched for the Yankees for the first time. Juan Soto wasn't playing. Again, a great example of the absurdity of this season. Uh, Honestly, so the last time I thought about the Washington Nationals. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Except for when Juan Soto hit that home run against the Mets. All right. Move on to our seventh item for the time capsule. And this one uh, is, our, is our first one. It doesn't really tie to a specific date. But we have to award the Stadium of the Year to Globe Death Field in Arlington, yes. Texas. We are going to put the blueprints for this stadium uh, into the time capsule because this stadium represented so much in 2020. Uh, stadium of the year for all the wrong and right reasons, I would say. Yeah, man. I mean, you got, I guess, the fact that we saw it on the MLB The Show Players League before we saw it in person. Like, we watched Goey, Goey Jallo. <laughs> wow. Malfunction one time. Joey Gallo just hitting home runs in virtual land before we saw it in, in real life. And then we saw some pictures and it looked just fucking awful from the outside. You know, we talk about wet rag chat. We talk about the duality of franchise history. It was really just like one random Twitter user that posted a photo of the overhead of Globe Life Field and just hours of just the entire baseball Twitter community just dunking on it. Oh, it looks like, right, exactly. People who don't even care about baseball were quote tweeting this and being like, is this Costco? Is this, you know, like a Bass Pro Shops? Is is this a grill? grill? (laughs) This is a grill. Like all the jokes about what it looked like. And then, of course, we got very used to it because that was where all the postseason was played. But it also gave us some great regular season moments, none of which, of course, because of the 2020 Texas Rangers who stunk. But that's where Fernando Tatis 3-0 gate started. That's where Joe Adele, Jose Canseco'd. That's where... Uh, of course, and then we had all those moments in the postseason. Like, this was a very relevant stadium that we were not used to, and then now I'm, like, extremely used to. Uh, yes. Normally, it takes a couple years to get used to the new stadiums. I get I it. I know Globe Life Field very, very, very well Still now. trying to figure out what the hell is going on at Truist Field, though. All right, so our next item. Jordan, a lot of no fans uh, in the regular season. A lot of cardboard cutouts. Mm-hmm. And we were thinking, like, what is representative? What is a, Which cardboard cutout would we want to put in this capsule? And we settled on the Dexter Fowler uh, Colorado Rockies cutout because we think it really represents the bizarroness that teams were willing to jump into for their time capsules. Dexter Fowler has not been on the Rockies since 2013 or 14, maybe 13. one of those two nice years. 14? Yep. 13. 13. Well Very good job. Yep. Thank you, Jake. Uh, and still the Rockies were like enough of a franchise legend to cut his face out and put it on poster board and put him right behind home plate. But more importantly, it's not that he hasn't been there for so long because they have all kinds of Rockies legends. Of course, they've got Larry Walker back there. They've got Vinny Castilla. They've got Helton. They've got, you know, Tulo. even Ubaldo, I'm sure. Right. Tulo, right. Dexter Fowler is just like a still regular active player. <laughs> like I, I know the, I know the, the Cardinals didn't play in Colorado this year, but like, that would have been weird. <laughs> like if the Cardinals were playing in Colorado, would they have done that? I don't know. Anyway, the point is 
cardboard cutouts have to be in this time capsule for somehow. Teams uh, use them in very different ways. Some stadiums like the Dodgers and Seattle absolutely packed their stadiums, had like ten, like over 10,000 of them. Others like the Yankees were like, no, no fun, no cardboard cutouts. <laughs> we need that cardboard. <laughs> so, Right, exactly. So, uh, just the, the 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 range. Of course, we have to we we have to have the cardboard cutouts uh, in the 2020 time capsule. All right, Jordan. On July 26, 2020, 2020, one of the most incredible baseball moments of all time happened, and that would be G-Man Choi, a left-handed hitter for his entire career, stepping to the plate from the right side and just jacking a dong off of Anthony Kay. And so we are going to put. In the time capsule, G-Man Choi's righty batting helmet. Not the lefty one, but the righty one. Now, for those of you who are, are uh, unaware, there are actually different helmets for righties and lefties. If you look closely, the flap, the ear flap, is only on one side. If you played Little League or college or high school or whatever, you had a two-flap helmet. That's just how life works before you get to the big leagues. It is one of the few things you get that is very different in the majors is the one-flap helmet. And for whatever reason, G-Man Choi owned a Rays lefty flap and a Rays righty flap helmet, even though he had never hit righty before this game in the big leagues in a game. And so we assume he's not going to need that helmet. So maybe we could get it in the capsule. Yeah, I, I, that's for sure. I, I feel pretty good about getting it. What a bizarre, amazing year for one of our favorite players, G-Man Choi. Five homers total uh, in the regular season and postseason. This I one righty like was one of them. All of them. All of them. I, I do, right? Because you have three against Garrett Cole, including one in the postseason. The absolutely gigantic one he hit against the Astros off Josh James. Uh, and then this one, right-handed, uh, which was like 430 feet and absolutely smashed. So, G-Man, we love you. And I'm glad we have some G-Man memorabilia in our time capsule. Let us move on uh, to another one of the spiciest things of the 2020 season, July 29th. Uh, someone named Joe Kelly, I don't know if you've heard of him, he threw heard some baseballs really hard uh, near the Astros. And I don't know if you heard this, but people didn't like the Astros. And we were like, oh, are people going to throw at the Astros? Oh, are the Dodgers going to throw at the Astros? Well, Joe Kelly, whether it was on purpose or not, he did it. And he made some funny faces. And they made a mural out of it in Los Angeles. And we are going to take that mural, or at least a photo of it, and we are going to put that into the time capsule. Bobby, I know you have a Well, a I just want to say, here. Jordan, they do yeah. this with historical sites. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's true. You know, like there's like a chunk of the Berlin Wall at like a, at the museum in D.C. Like you can go see it. You can chip that thing out. That's it's possible. We, that works. We could get like his, you know, the, his face, the, 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 the face he's making. Like we could at least get a little bit. Well, Bobby, what do you think? What do you think? Should I go for like a piece of the glasses or should I go for like the chin or the lip? You know, what part should I try Are to chip gonna out? Are you going to acquire because, this for us? You're going to go well, get this? You're, this Bobby is, is in L.A. Yeah. Where I get my haircut. It's on Perfect. the back wall where I get my so, haircut. Literally, so Bobby's already ready to go. Uh, to, to, he's he's already going to be there at some point in the next few months. Yesterday, um, um, I actually I actually went and got my haircut on election day so that I could get away from the television for a second. And um, you should watch they the were, gold gloves. They were. Ugh, you're so right. I can't believe I missed the gold gloves. They're handing out free Dodger dogs to anyone who voted. That if that ain't democracy, oh, I don't nice. know what is, baby. No, yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, okay, well, Bobby, this is your your offseason assignment is to go uh, get us some piece of the Joe Kelly mural because uh, that face alone, uh, we're not going to relitigate the whole situation. But the point is, is that face provided many a memes and was well worth remembering because that is what I remember more than any of the details of the actual beef. I will remember Joe Kelly's face. 
So my off season assignment. I'm not doing anything else during the off season. No pods. Yeah, you're free, else. bro. Nothing, just, else free. Nothing else. Nothing else. You're you're just in the weight room, losing 32 pounds per month, like Vlad Guerrero Jr. <laughs> All right. So uh, our next item, Jordan. One of the uh, major stories of the season was the COVID layoffs that teams had to go through. Uh, the Marlins were first, and then the Cardinals, their team had an outbreak, and they were in a hotel for about 10 days in Milwaukee, uh, I believe. And during that time, Jack Flaherty, one of the best pitchers in baseball, posted a picture of himself throwing into the hotel mattress. And so, Jordan, we're going to take that hotel mattress and we're going to put it in our time capsule. I mean, that really is, you know, if Jack Flaherty goes on and, and makes the Hall of Fame, that image, uh, which he tweeted, by the way, uh, related to our last item, because uh, when he tweeted the picture of the mattress, he said, hope I'm not Joe Kelly and don't miss, which I'm not sure if that was a reference to the Astro situation or when Joe Kelly accidentally broke his own window um, <laughs> during quarantine. Or, or he's like, Joe Kelly has no command. Right. All are possible. But the point is, is that Jack Flaherty, one of the best producers in the world, being forced to throw into his hotel mattress uh, an, a lasting image of this ridiculous season. And so we're going to go ahead and take that mattress from that Milwaukee hotel and uh, we're going to throw it in our time capsule, which is starting to get pretty crowded. Indeed it's, it is. It's about to get even more crowded because our <laughs> next item is very large and very bulky. Um, Jake Mintz, uh, on August 11th, the Toronto Blue Jays finally played their first home game in a home park, at least that they were calling their own. Yes, Salem Field in Buffalo, New York. Again, this was one of the more ridiculous storylines of the season. The Blue Jays rejected by Canada, I believe, two days before opening day. And uh, rationally so. Very much rationally so, as has only proven right every day since <laughs> Canada made that decision. Good call, Canada. Good call, Canada, as, as usual. But uh, the Blue Jays, had to play in Buffalo. And it went pretty well as far as we could tell. It, it was a good experience. The Blue Jays made the postseason. It was great. But what we're putting into the time capsule is something that we have mentioned many times here on this, on this podcast is the highway sign in left field that you see every time a fly ball or a home run is hit to left, you just see this jarring image of a highway on-ramp. I checked the Google Maps. The two highway signs that we were referring to are the I-90, or sorry, the 190 uh, south to Albany or north to okay. Niagara Falls. So those were your your two options when you were getting on those. Not a whole him. lot of time. If you go north, I mean, that's not that many miles. <laughs> I know. I know. Uh, but so so that, that, that traffic sign, that big highway on-ramp sign, we are going to somehow take off of its, <laughs> its mantle and uh, put it into our time capsule because- Love it. I will uh, I will never forget the home runs hit to left field at Salem Field. All right, Jordan. I would then say our uh, our next item, certainly one of the it, definitely overlookable, this memory, one of your favorite memories from the season. Uh, let, why don't you take us through it? Sure. Uh, so on August uh, 18th, uh, a gentleman by the, oh, sorry, August 16th. On August 16th, a gentleman by the name of Roel Ramirez one of the many players who had the opportunity to make their major league debut this season. Uh, he did it for the, for the 2020 Cardinals, which of course was in need of players. They needed guys. And he came into a game against the Chicago White Sox on August 16th. And when he comes into this game, uh, the score of the game is one to nothing uh, White Sox. So it's a close game. Cardinals, of course, trying to keep it close. 
they're still in it. They're they're back. They're playing, and they're just trying to. You know, he 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 replaced Dakota Hudson, of course. Um, and he struck out Luis Robert first batter face. Oh my God, love incredible. it. He's working your candidate. Amazing. Maybe he'll be an All Star one day. Okay, great. Single is Nomar Mazara. Single to Danny Mendick. Catches Danny Mendick stealing. We got two outs. We got two outs. Walks Tim Anderson. Walks Tim Anderson. Now it's first and third. But it's two outs. It's fine. Still one nothing. But then Jake. Yohan Moncada hits a home run. And then Jake. Yasmani Grandal hits a home run. And then Jake. Jose Abreu hits a home run. Oh, and mm. then Elo Jimenez also hits a home run. Back to back to back to back home runs against Raul Ramirez in his major league debut. And so what item are we going to put to commemorate this historic and unfortunate Major League debut outing, Jake? What that shower doing? towel, Jordan, because, man, he hit the showers hard. He, <laughs> he hit the showers about as hard as you could. I hope Raul Ramirez makes it back to the Major Leagues My, uh, because I, he deserves another outing, obviously. The other hilarious part of this to me is what his phone must have looked like because, like, you make your big league debut and you get back to your phone. It's so many people who you kind of know texting you, hey, congratulations, this is amazing. This is great. And I'm sure that there were a lot of those people when they realized that Roel was in the game. But if you, Jordan, let's say that Roel Ramirez and you went to middle school together, okay? Mm -hmm. You're Facebook friends, but you don't need to be, okay? Sometimes you send links back and forth or you'll like a photo, but you really haven't seen one another in eight years. Mm -hmm. Roel Ramirez makes makes the big league debut. You're not watching it live. But you mm-hmm. see the box score after mm-hmm. the game. Major League yeah. debut, guy you know, four home runs allowed. Do you text Royal Ramirez? Um, I think yes. Because huh. in a situation like that, like the whole point, if you are if it's someone you care about, especially, is like, and this was the thesis of tracking all the major league debuts this year, it doesn't fucking matter what happens. You made the majors. So that's amazing. And yeah. like literally what happens afterwards doesn't matter. And just you're going to send him a text and be like, yeah, congrats, dude. You made the big leagues. And that's exactly what he wants to hear because that's all he's feeling. It's like, yeah, I made the big leagues. Of course, he wishes he didn't allow back to back to back to back homers. But I think he sent a text. I think he sent if a text. Roel Ramirez is Noah Bardash, you're sending him a text, Jordan Schusterman. All right. That's a good reminder that we went to middle school together. <laughs> Let's move on to our next item. A couple days later, Jake Mintz gentleman by the name of Fernando Tatis Jr. We've talked a little bit about him on the show. Yeah. Heard of him. He stepped in to the box with the bases loaded against Juan Nicasio and the Padres were facing the Texas Rangers in Globe Death Field and they were up by seven runs. Mm. Juan Nicasio throws three balls. It's 3-0. I mean, just take the pitch, right? You take the pitch. What, what, what you no. no, no, just kidding. Oh, I hope he didn't no. fucking swing. I hope he, he didn't, didn't fucking, swing. I hope no, he didn't he, swing. He, he, no way. Can you imagine the disrespect to swing. Oh, oh, he did. Oh, he hit a grand slam. Oh, he's Fernando Tati Jr. and he doesn't give a shit. Oh, wait, the Rangers are really mad now. Yeah, that was a big deal. But Jake, how are we going to commemorate this moment? Because there are a lot of options here, but I know you have a special pick here. The umpire clicker, Jordan. The umpire you know, clicker. What's the umpire clicker? Little... Does anybody even know what that is? An umpire clicker is like the size of a thumb, maybe a little bit bigger. And it is used uh, in mostly youth sports, baseball and softball, to count uh, balls and strikes for the umpire because there is no scoreboard. Uh, there is no uh, you know, official scorer to keep track of these items. Uh, and I'm making the assumption that uh, in the big leagues, whoever was working home plate that day uh, had one of those clickers and uh, had it at 3-0. And I would assume it, it was since reset 
to something else, but we can set it to 3.0 and then put it in the time capsule. I agree. I do love the idea that this is a real thing. And after he hit that Grand Slam, our friend John Shestakovsky at the Hall of Fame was like, stop the game. I need, hey, need that, need that clicker, need that clicker. We're sending it to Cooperstown so that everybody can see how hilarious this argument was in 50 years <laughs> or five years for that matter. Uh, so there you go. The umpire clicker. It is 3-0. That was August 18th. Jake, uh, on August 19th, another home run was hit and it made it a 4-0 ball game. And because of that, we're going to be putting Tom Brenneman's headset, which he does not know if he will ever be putting on again, into the time capsule. Has to be in there. Has to be, Has in, to be there. in there. Has to be in there. Who Even knows if he's putting it on again? Who knows? Who knows? I don't know. He doesn't know. We don't know. I don't know. But we do know that it made it a 4-0 ball game. Let's <laughs> it move was on a deep, to it was a deep, deep field. And that's going to make it a 4-0 ball game. I don't know if I'm ever, ever. Which is why we can Let me say this. happily take this headset away from him and put it in the time capsule. We can guarantee that he's not going to be putting it on again because it's going to be in the in the ground. Yes, exactly. Thank you. Uh, all right, Jake. Our next item is a very special item. And all these other items, these are a little bit ambitious to try and get these items. Okay, look, I, listen, the, it's going to be the hard. The highway sign. The highway sign, like the city of Buffalo, probably not thrilled about that. Wilmer Defoe's World Series ring, I'm sure he has that kept very safely. Like, we're probably not getting those. But you know what? For this next item, we're going to give it our best shot, and we are going to bring on a special guest and ask if we can have said item. Let's uh, let's go give our friend Lucas Giolito a call. Calling Lucas Giolito, video game controller, fire, baseball, tennis shoe. And we are now very excited to welcome back to Baseball Barbecue our good friend, and baseball thrower for the Chicago White Sox, Lucas Giolito. Lucas, welcome back to the show. What up? Uh, now, it Lucas. should be noted, Jordan, Lucas has no idea why he's here. He doesn't know what no. we're about to ask him. He just hopped on and is about to be asked an odd question. Jordan, do you want to let it go? Yeah, well, we admire your patience and your trust uh, in us, Lucas. Uh, basically, uh, what this podcast is, is we're building a time capsule for the 2020 season, and we want to put items in that best represent what's going on during this season, that, that happened in the 2020 baseball season. So okay. can we have your cleats from your no-hitter? Uh, can you send those over for us to put in the time capsule? And if not, why not? Because we need them for this time capsule. The cleats from my no-hitter. Mm -hmm. We need them. Um, okay. I'm trying, <laughs> I'm trying to think of where they are. Oh, that actually makes me feel better about asking for them because clearly, you know, it's you don't not give that a shit. A <laughs> I think they're, I think they're at my parents' house. Um, so I would have to go ahead and talk to them about it. I don't know. My, so basically with all the no hitter stuff, I gathered it all and then I put it in a box and shipped it to my uh, dad because I don't want it here and have to deal with it here. Um, you know, we're living in this house, but a couple years down the road, we're going to be moving. Um, I don't want to have to lug a bunch of stuff. I'd rather use mm -hmm. my parents' place as like the home base for a lot of the baseball memorabilia. And then once I do have a house of my own, that is like going to be our long-term residence and I can set up like a trophy room. That's when I'll start doing stuff. I like um, how you're like, yeah, when I grow up, I'm going to do this. Wait, I have a question for you. So you said all of the no hitter stuff. What is the line? Because like saving your underwear 
from that day and shipping it to your dad across the country is like obviously fucking weird. But like, do you keep the socks? Mm-mm. The the socks I continued to wear the rest of the year. The underwear went in the trash can because uh, of the beer shower. After I was in my oh, okay. I was in my sliders for the beer shower. Um, the undershirts I continue to wear the rest of the year. Uh, I cut those like in a in a way that I like when I pitch, so I only have a limited number. And then. <laughs> What what did I get to keep? A bunch of baseballs. Uh, the hat went to Cooperstown. Um, the glove I continue to use. I'm still using it. Uh, the cleats I think went to my dad, along with the baseballs. The actual pitching mound they dug that up and slapped the Ooh, sticker wow. on it. Wow! Yeah. Wow! Okay. And that thing's like it's like 50 pounds. It's right. gigantic. You don't realize how deep mounds I, go. I had no idea. I thought it would be like that, but it's like. Out of <laughs> it's frame. like a foot at least. Yeah. Yeah. So so first of all, I'm I'm so glad that you're considering this inquiry seriously because you're hilarious. We're not. Uh, we'll we'll have to we'll have to negotiate with your dad uh, over the cleats. Although I will ask, uh, what about the the ball that Eric Gonzalez hit very hard and your friend Adam Angle caught? <laughs> Do you have so, that or did that go somewhere? Yes, else? I that one uh, was marked as the final out, and then I we also had like a bunch of balls that got thrown out throughout the rest of the game. I don't know if they got mixed together or if the final out one is separate mm-hmm. um i don't remember if i signed anything i don't think i did so i'm gonna have to do that like next time i'm around that stuff all right there you go well it sounds like we'll have okay. to, to to reach your, your dad and uh and for our make-believe podcast time capsule uh we'll have to so it's make-believe it's not <laughs> <laughs> well let me tell you some of the other things we're having on this on this show are far less attainable than your cleats from this no hitter i would which argue is- that your cleats are the most attainable thing on this list what are some others uh okay, well we've here. already asked for the the golf ball that mike trout hit in spring training okay that blake thing's like snell's in a desert ps4 blake snell's ps4 <laughs> <laughs> um, we want to have the uh, the highway sign uh, from beyond the left field fence in Buffalo that is always visible uh, mm. for home runs at Salem Field. Uh, very unique. Um, so the that's blueprints gonna... to Globe Death Field. Oh yes, okay. yes. So um, so yeah. So uh, the 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 mattress that your friend Jack Flaherty was throwing baseballs into uh, during oh, <laughs> during one. the the COVID Cardinals quarantine. Do you so, have any submissions? Do you have anything that you think should be in the time capsule? Any other White Sox specific items, maybe that you you'd want to suggest? Um, I'd go with Justin Turner's spit test tube. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Justin Don't worry. Turner's mask is the last one. Get there. Or the mask. Yep. Yeah. That's going to be chin that, mask. That, that will be included. That will be disinfected, of course. Uh, and it will um, be included in our make believe time capsule. Yep. Any uh, other ones? I'm thinking playoffs. Walker's pants. Mm. Oh, oh, we missed that. Oh, we missed that. Oh, yeah. man. Okay. Walker's pants. Uh, okay. uh, what else? Wait, can I ask you about Walker's pants quickly? <laughs> Yeah. First of all, like you wear relatively tight pants for a pitcher. Kind of. So like they're, they're. Lucas has thought about this. I, over the last couple of years, I've been telling the, so like majestic people, or I guess will be Nike from now on. They come in spring training and you can like, you put your whole uni on and you can tell them, okay, I want like some in, I want this, that, and the other, um, with like a tailor. And 
over the last few years, I've noticed that like, man, my pants are super baggy. It's like almost uncomfortable. It's like too much fabric. So over the last couple of years, I've been like tapering it in a little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. Um, there was something going on with my pants last year where in a good way, clearly the, <laughs> you had the good pants. Yeah. But they were like, there was something weird about them. The white ones, especially mm. they were like, they, <laughs> they were kind of reminded me of like something that, uh, David wears in Shit's Creek. Like they're almost like kiltish, like a lot of fabric mm. in the front area dropping Ooh, yeah. down. And then they'd kind of tighten up and then at the bottom, there's still too much fabric. So I still gotta, I, I gotta work on it. I'm not going to go still as, figuring it out. I'm well, not going to go as tight as uh, walkers though. Okay. My well, question was actually about the question to Walker Bueller. Do you saw this right in the post game? Oh my yes. God. When is the, the time and like, place? Not, when do you want to be asked about your pants? When's the appropriate time on a podcast like this, <laughs> like months after? Yes. They if asked Max won. too. The same, the same beat writer asked Max, like, so like you just pitched this great game, da da da. Um, so what do you got on Walker's pants? He's like, I don't, I don't know. It's not my problem. But, so like, okay, if Walk, let's say Walker had thrown like seven scoreless and the Dodgers won, is that then okay to ask about the pants if it's like everyone's got good vibes? Why not? Not in the World Series, like you. I, I just think okay. that like. Everything, all you care about is winning baseball games at that point. So like you're in the middle of the world series. Yes. You did your job that night and did a wonderful job. Like you, you go into the interview expecting questions about that. And then like about the team and about, okay, what do we need to do to win this world series? Like, like you want to, to get into the colorful <laughs> stuff. I'd, I'd wait until after. Okay. Yes. Yes. I think, I think you're right. Uh, thank you for this lesson on uh, ethics and journalism. Uh, (laughs) Lucas Giolito, uh, a delight as always. Thank you uh, for telling us where we can find your cleats from your no hitter. Um, you'll just have uh, to bribe my father, which uh, we should have Rick on again. Doesn't sound too challenging. Um, Rick would love to go on. We'll, we'll get on that. Uh, Lucas (laughs) Giolito. Um, I hope you're enjoying your off season and we will talk to you soon. All right. Thanks guys. Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Thank you, Lucas. I guess we'll have to have Rick Giolito on to get the cleats. Uh, Jordan. I'm working on getting the phone number, guys. That's what a good producer does. Tracking him down. Thank Tracking you. down Rick Giolito. Thank you. Thank I would you. probably ask Lucas. That would be my starting spot. Uh, <laughs> after Lucas threw his no-hitter on August 25th, uh, I would say the next major uh, event in the Major League Baseball season was happened on August 27th when multiple Major League teams uh, refused to take the field. I believe it started with the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, influenced by the Milwaukee Bucks after the shooting of Jacob Blake. And, I mean, let's put the 
Lewis Brinson Black Lives Matter shirt from that night where they put it on home plate and the players refused to to play. And in, just like an incredibly notable um, event in terms of just player activism and just mm-hmm. enough players coming together to like, we're not going to play. Like that is and very, very rare to see that. And we know that MLB was hardly the first sports league to take this kind of stand. WNBA leading the charge. NBA, of course. And even after those happened, I mean, I remember tweeting at the time, like, I was stunned when the news came out that they weren't playing. Like, I was legitimately shocked. Right, because baseball uh, has such a relatively bad track record with this shit, right? Where it's Mm -hmm. just like, they, the league and major league players have just not really taken stands as a group. Obviously, there have been individual moments, et cetera, et cetera, you know. But this was certainly notable. So that is the first item that we'll put in the time capsule. But Jordan, there was also another incredibly um, memorable happening from that day. Uh, And to talk about this one, we're going to bring on uh, Mets fan Bobby Wagner. Bobby? I don't even know how to talk about this, but it's the the laptop that Brody Van Wagenen was caught on the hot mic. We got two straight hot mic things, or two out of the last four or whatever, saying that Rob Manfred told the Mets to take the field, come back for an hour, and then take the field again because they couldn't reschedule the game. Obviously, That's how you fix racism, Rob Manfred. Brody was mistaken, and it was actually Jeff Wilpon who said this. So we're, uh, we're going to take the laptop. We are going to take the laptop because that was one, regardless of what it ended up actually being, the fact that that video leaked was one of the more surreal of all the insane parts of that whole situation. It was shocking and obviously one hell of a way, one hell of a final chapter uh, for the Wilpon uh, ownership. Just burned into my memory is Brody saying, he just doesn't get it. He just doesn't get it. It just exactly. r- r- over while, and over while, again. While, I, while while it's all I hear. scrolling his phone, wearing and, a mask, and just being like, I don't, they don't get it. Like, they don't it. Get was it. the yeah. most relatable thing Brody Van Wagenen has ever done for Bobby because in that moment, Bobby was scrolling his phone and being like, Rob Manfred, he, he just, just doesn't, doesn't get, get it. it. He just doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't get, get it. it. That's like because Brody, actually, in every moment, I'm scrolling my phone just saying, he just doesn't get it. And it could be about Rob Manfred, it could be about any number of people, but like 85% of the time, it's about Rob Manfred. Our, I just, Honorable mention. I'm the honorable mention guy on this pod because I'm the producer. Honorable mention would be a printout if they did print it out or we could print it out ourselves of the press statement that spelled Spelled their own GM name wrong. (laughs) Spelled Brody Van Wagenen's name wrong. And by the way, I know know the Mets have a new owner. Brody's still there. Amazing. Okay, but listen. uh, This is a great call. The... Yeah, go ahead, Jake. Sorry. It just... The, the the damage control of it was so funny because it was like Brody trying to backtrack it, saying he thought it was Jeff Wilpine. But it doesn't matter because like you talked shit about Rob Manfred. You thought it the was The concept Rob of coming back out an, an hour later is the thing that you were saying. He just doesn't get it. And frankly, exactly. Brody, right. He was right. He Brody, was right. wrong about many things. Right about this. Exactly. Wrong, um, wrong about Billy Hamilton. Right about this. Yeah, and of course, the reason, fortunately, the players were able to override whatever stupid ideas were presented to them by ownership. Um, and that moment uh, with Louis Brinson and the Marlins and the Mets that night was legitimately powerful and very cool. So uh, those are our combining those. Obviously, a huge story of this season, and it would be ridiculous to not include something 
uh, with uh, in this time capsule. We're now going to we're now going to zoom ahead like two and a half weeks into the season to September 18th because it doesn't matter how short you make a season, Jordan. First couple weeks of September, who fucking cares? September 28th. Albert September 18th, September 18th, September 18th, September 18th. Sorry, September 18th. Albert Pulis hit a home run. Pretty cool. I mean, he's done that a lot. So why is this notable? Uh, he uh, passed Willie well, Mays. Oh, passed he passed Willie Mays. Mays. Uh, yeah. Albert yeah. Pujols, again, it's it's not complicated. Like when you see, oh my God, he has 662 home runs. Like that's so many fucking home runs. Like obviously. Um, but it really is as simple as look at anyone under the age of 30 and try to imagine them getting to 660. And it's really fucking hard. And the fact that Pujols got there and the fact that he has one year left and the fact that he passed literally Willie Mays and the fact that he's one of the best, you know, 10, 15 hitters of all time is amazing. And as slow and hard to watch as he is sometimes now, we will still appreciate him as he uh, tries to hit a few more home runs uh, next year with the Los Angeles Angels Van I would say that Pujols's pursuit of 660 is similar to watching him run because <laughs> it is, it, it, it was a slow crawl up the charts jordan 20 and homers it was kind of it was also kind of tough to watch like every time he popped out the infield i was like it was like, ah, ooh, it's not like great. ooh like uh, you but it's okay don't try so hard he got there and got it's there. incredible no, he there, that he got there so it is, hats off it to is incredible. yes and i'm glad he got there because i don't think he's gonna get to a rod at 696 but i'm glad that he like he passed a really 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 large number held by one of the greatest players ever. And that is very, very cool. So Albert, we are taking your bat, which I'm sure you have somewhere locked away with all of your other milestone bats. You don't We're need it. That you have all you this other it, shit. You, you definitely do not need it. But this one's simple. We're taking the bat that hits 661 and uh, it's going in our time capsule. All right, Jake, it's time to head to the postseason. We've got, I believe, six uh, items remaining from the postseason. And... Uh, these are some good ones. So let's begin with another one of the biggest stories of the 2020 Major League Baseball season. The biggest the story Cardinal. for Jordan. Yeah. I mean, it was the Magic Marlins, man. The fight and fish. Marlins will soar. The 2020 postseason maker, Miami Marlins, and postseason series winner, Miami Marlins. We are going to take the celebratory cigar that Jesus Aguilar was smoking on uh, in the Wrigley Field dugout after defeating the Chicago Cubs in the wildcard round and take that cigar and putting it in our time capsule because the Marlins season was truly preposterous in so many ways. And while you can say it was fluky in the 60-game season, all these, I don't care. It was delightful. The fact that they called themselves bottom feeders, the fact that they knew that no one thought they had a chance and that they pulled it off and beat the freaking Cubs was very cool, very inspiring, very fun. And... It was just great. It was one of my favorite baseball things cool. in, in a long time. Good reminder that you don't need to win the World Series for shit to be cool. Oh, bingo. Absolutely. Well said. Because that felt like their World Series was beating literally the Cubs. Absolutely. Uh, so there you go. So we're taking that cigar. We are throwing it in. Uh, and now we are going... Listen, of course, there are a lot of postseason things we are going to talk about or we, we could pick. But our remaining ones are from our two World Series participants. Uh, Jake Mintz, what is our next item? Our next item... Randy Rosarena and the motherfucking boots, Jordan. Story of the year. I'm so, like the Dodgers and COVID and all that shit. Yeah, probably. Uh, yeah, that's story of the year. But <laughs> Randy Rosarena, player of the year. Yeah. Not the MVP. Single, player yeah, of the year. Like player of the year. Single person player storyline more than any of the MVP seasons, Cy Young, Bieber, whatever. Like there's a mm -hmm. re 
Randy Rosarena, one of the most stunning hot months ever for a million different reasons. We are taking his boots, his powerful boots, which he so declared after winning ALCS MVP. Um, and we're, we're taking him to the time capsule because I will never forget what Randy did in October of 2020. It was amazing. I could not believe that it kept going. Everybody involved in this podcast was absolutely stunned every time he got another hit. He set every possible postseason record. He passed Barry Bonds. He passed all the rookies. He passed everything. He set all the records. You, he's still rookie eligible. He's <laughs> he's He was traded to the Cardinals, or he was traded from the Cardinals in a trade that no one was talking about him as part of the trade. And now he's a legend. Uh, Randy's Boots, welcome to the time capsule. I just hope he wins. Uh, he p- plays in two postseasons. Wins an A and an ALCS MVP and then wins Rookie of the Year. Would have won World Series MVP too if uh, if the Rays could. How fucking yeah! Held on, but okay. Our final four items are all Dodgers related because listen, they did win the World Series and they do deserve some love. We have not given them that much love so far on here. So let us begin with our first item. Actually, okay. We have I want to say I want to make a point. I, I, yeah. I want to make a point. A team wins the World Series, so many fucking items go to Cooperstown, right? And so we're going to try and pick through some that weren't necessarily on that list, right? We're going to try and get some off-kilter stuff. So let's start off with We can Mookie's. go in any order you want. Any let's start with want. Mookie. Mookie Betts, one of the enduring players of the season. Superstar. What the hell is Boston doing? Maybe we should put like Boston's luxury tax <gasps> relief in here. How do we do that? The, the screenshot the of the replies... The, the screenshot of the replies to the <laughs> to the if you know you know tweet, <laughs> the oh, ratio that tweet was incredible, incredible tweet, um, tweet of the but year. No, let's talk about let's talk about Mookie. Let's talk about Mookie. Mookie's okay. Mookie's got the very adorably cute. He's got he's got like two, I think two or three chains. He's got a couple gold ones, but then he has the bat and ball chain, which I love because it looks like the type of thing that your parents or like your mom would get you when you're eight. And you just keep wearing it, and it like doesn't look that fancy. It doesn't look that nice. It's clearly something that like probably has some sentimental value to Mookie Betts. So I don't feel great about taking his chain. I don't want to snatch a chain here, Jordan. No, so we're gonna no. make a replica of the chain and then put it in because you know the chains also matter too. It's just you know kind of a, an example that baseball is actually enjoying itself or starting yeah. to at least. Very true. And uh, Mookie, as you said, just one of the most important players in the league. And narrative-wise, he was a huge part of the season, and he was a huge part of why they won the World Series. So, Mookie, uh, you are awesome, and hopefully you don't mind us copying uh, one of your chains. All right, the next item we are going to put in uh, is... I'm I'm actually curious. uh, I'm going to ask you this, because you're more familiar with hair product than I am, Jake Mintz. We're going to take Corey Seager's hair product. Now, we don't know what Corey Seager uses, but let me tell you, as someone who's watched Kyle Seeger for the last eight seasons, I'm telling you Corey Seeger is using something. I don't mean to be throwing accusations out here, but there is some okay, sort out. of time out. There time is out. some sort time of out. hair time enhancing out. situation. I time yeah. Out. Oh, yeah. Time out. Yeah. There are as I know that you, Jordan, have never put anything in your hair. Okay. No. That's fine. You are conflating two mm. different types of hair product here. It's true. There it's is true. hair growth product mm-hmm. and there is hair hold product. As someone who uses both hair growth and hair hold product, I feel relatively qualified to speak to this. Bobby Wagner, you'd like to say something? I think it's both. I would want to put both no, in because I, I think they're both relevant. I want to hear what Jake has to say first. 
Because I, I have think an that is, I think that is Corey Seager's natural hair. I agree. I think he is using mousse. Yes. A little bit of hold. Yeah. Some mousse. Oh. But I think it is more sweat than you think. Because as someone who played uh, sweated baseball sweat many times, your hair, when it's that shortness, develops a level of weird firmness to it where it looks like it's dry, but it holds. I see. I mean, again, I'm not going to act like I'm more of an expert than you, so I buy it. Whatever it is that is getting that look, anything that's going into the Corey Seager hair, uh, and in turn, his unbelievable on-field performance um, is going to be going <laughs> yeah. into the time capsule. I would say it's natural hair, and it's 60% moose and 40% baseball sweat. I think he's doing, yeah, I think he's doing the post-shower moose for sure, and that's giving it the volume, Jordan. And I think in the yeah. front there, where it's like held, I think he's using a gentle hold gel. You know, on a bottle of hair gel, they usually have a scale from gentle to firm. And firm would be like your like your Chase Utley types, you know, where that shit is down and it's not moving. And I think gentle is more of the Corey Seeker type. Because there is a there's sort of like a quaffiness to it, you know? It has yeah, it has quaff. body, you know, it has some air in there. So here's the thing. The reason why I am making such a big deal out of this is the fact that like we've known who Corey Seeger is for a long time. He was a very famous prospect. He was a famous. I would even high say he was he was better than Michael Waka out of the draft. He was definitely better than Michael Waka. And at no point have any of us ever noticed his hair until this postseason. And so that's why I'm claiming that there might be some additional additives. But hey, Corey Seager, come on, oh, baseball barbecue and defend your hair. This is bullshit. <laughs> this is like the people who like in like 2009, oh anytime someone hit a home run, it was like PEDs. Sometimes Listen, it's natural. I'm I'm fine with it. I'm I'm glad. I'm not I'm not opposed to it. I'm not saying it's that it's that it's fraudulent. I'm just saying it's like okay, I'm looking at pictures of him in high school and there's just no freaking chance. Like look at this image. And I know this is a podcast, but I I'm like I'm 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 in shock right now and I'm just like how can you not as we look at the comparison here, all of you podcast listeners, you're going to be like like that <laughs> that's is just Kyle Seeger. That's just a buzz that's cut. That's Kyle Seeger. Okay, but look at the hairline. There's no chance. Okay, whatever anyway. You can mess up your hairline from getting a bad buzz cut. I think that yeah. this is his real hair for certain. And I 100%. think that he just did the no no haircut COVID thing. And I think he just went yeah. into it. He's got very wavy, coiffy hair. So it's, it kind of reminds me of That's myself. The thing. This is the thing. As someone who also did the no COVID haircut, I have not gotten a haircut since February 24th, I think. Okay. My hair is going behind me. He's going backwards. His is somehow going up. Okay, and that is notable, Jordan. Yes, I think that's my point. Regardless of how dry air in Texas, where they opened up the roof, guys, in Globe Death. Regardless of how he got it, frizziness. The fact that we found something else about Corey Seager that we love and admire is is great. So Garnier Fructis, sponsor baseball barbecue. Oh my god, Rogaine. Send me free stuff because I'd read those ads so fast, dude. You know how expensive Rogaine is? Harry's. Where are you at? Harry's, you got growth All right, product? Careful, careful. We're, we're really falling into some serious free ad territory. Uh, but speaking of sweat, Harry's, Harry's is not what you think it is, Jordan. I bottle my own hair growth supplement called Harry's. Like it makes you hairy. Jake, we have two items left for our time capsule. And we have to okay. make a decision here about how we want to end this time capsule. Okay. 
Do we want to end it the way our dumb season ended? Or do we want to end yes. it with the happy That's how part it fucking of the happened. way that we ended? Okay. No, you so, we don't get to rewrite the narrative okay, of the season. Okay, Jordan. okay. I know, I know. I'm just I'm just I'm just throwing it out there. Okay, so our, for then our next item, our second to last item, penultimate item also involves sweat and hair, probably indirectly, is Clayton Kershaw's disgusting hat. Now <laughs> it's a gross I don't hat. know if people have asked him about this and how long he's been wearing this hat. And uh, I know he's place. not I know he's not the only pitcher who has a gross hat, at least the gross brim, but his whole hat is gross. And that yeah. is the, it is, it represents all the things that he's been through uh, in the postseason. It all, it, that, that hat seems to have been there uh, every bit of the way since Matt Adams, you know, to, to Juan Soto. And then now to getting taken out at just it's the right pitched time. In the seventh, that hat. It's it sure has pitched in the seventh, even when it shouldn't have. Um, and we're going to take that hat, which I'm sure is one of the many Clayton Kershaw artifacts that uh, probably has already been documented. But we're going to take that nasty hat and we're putting it in our time capsule because Clayton Kershaw finally getting his ring in 2020 is obviously one of the uh, one of our favorite uh, player achievements of the year. 100 percent. And Jordan, let's end it. On a note, it must be ended by Justin Turner's chin mask. Welcome to the time capsule, the enduring moment, enduring memory of the season for for worse or for worse, uh, Justin Turner coming back onto the field with COVID after the Dodgers celebration. I feel like I just saw Ken Rosenthal tweet something about this um, regarding MLB and MLPA's response. We don't know. It was the most jaw-dropping non-in-game baseball thing I've seen on television. Yeah, that is uh, very, very, very true. And it sounds like, as you mentioned, uh, we are close to some sort of resolution in terms of Justin Turner. I don't know what that means. I don't know if there's discipline. I don't know. Uh, but as you said, it was a very stunning and bizarre way for this season to end. But as we began with the Juan Soto positive test, we end with the Justin Turner positive test. That is what the season deserved. That is what the season ended up being. Hopefully, as we now are moving pretty far out from that happening, it seems I like would... everyone got out okay. That's but true. Still, it was reckless. It was irresponsible. It was crazy. It was ridiculous television. And so that mask will be disinfected and then placed into our time capsule. Ending the po- ending the, the podcast on a positive negative note. Exactly. As we are so good at doing. All right. There it is. We did it, Jake Mintz. We built our time capsule. There's traffic signs. There's expensive World Series rings. There's towels. There's gross hats. There's all kinds of weird shit in there. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty happy with it. I feel like we did a decent job. Of course, there's stuff that we, that we forgot. And if we missed any, if there are any items you think we missed, baseballbbqpod at gmail.com. Let us know. Let or us tweet know. at us. Lucas you know, did. Barbecue. Tweet at BWAGS. You can, yeah, Lucas, Lucas, <laughs> Lucas, let us know. Um, and, uh, and yeah, any, anything else we, we, we need to, to share before we, we say goodbye? I don't think so, Jordan. I think that's, uh, I think that's all I got for you. Well, be kind to each other. Uh, Please wear a mask. Thank you, Bobby Wagner, for producing this podcast. And we'll uh, thank you to Rick Giolito for the cleats. (laughs)